You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. Some of you down front have seen or noticed the incense on stage. That's not some weird ritualistic thing that is part of the message today. And these... um, these songs that were prepared, as Carrie said, were set at the beginning of last week. We came in Thursday with a study that we are working on. Um, we have been for six weeks with the worship team on how to worship a king. So Pastor Robert went through for seven weeks the blood of Jesus and how that's significant to us. And this study started kind of before Jesus in the Old Testament when the priest would come into the Holy of Holies, into the tabernacle, and where we got those words in the Hebrew of what worship was. And a surprising thing that we found out in this study that none of those words in the Old Testament for worship had anything actually to do with music. Now, yes, there are many instances where music is our weapon of praise. In this verse, I didn't give it to the team, but this was on my heart all morning as we were worshiping. From Isaiah, it says, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So even in that verse, look what happens. People come with a spirit of heaviness, with a spirit of mourning, and God restores beauty in those ashes. I know as I look around the room and I see families, much like my own, who have gone through things, who have been in a point of despair, and in that you've had a choice. To bring that to the throne of God or to just hold on to that despair. God wants to give you joy in the morning. God wants to give you beauty in the ashes. But how... Does he want to do that? That's what we're going to look at today. Um, You guys are all around for 2020, and those of you here, you're here for 2021. It has been one of the oddest and maybe hardest years of all time. We live in a meme culture. If you've looked on the internet, if you're on any kind of forums like I am, you've seen a meme about pastors in 2020 and 2021, how much stress is placed on them and how they make humor out of it because it's a meme, but it's a real thing that pastors experience, right? You look just in this room, just the people here, there's a chance that we hear 75 to 80% of the needs of the people here, but we also hear what's going on with your relatives and your friends, and we want to do that. That is the ministry of Christ. That's what he does. He cares about us and what's going on in our life and in our hearts. But as pastor showed us in the Garden of Gethsemane, it brings forth pain. It brings forth agony. It brings forth suffering as pastors. It's not just the joke, you know, how hard is it to be a pastor? You speak once a week and then what do you do the rest of the week? You know, some people really look at it that way, but I'm going to encourage you as we look at the Old Testament priest today to look a little bit deeper in that. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I wouldn't like to be embarrassed, so I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'm going to ask you this question. If I say the words Yom Kippur, maybe you've seen it on a calendar, do we know what that is? I see some people looking at each other, some people saying, yeah, I do, I'm not sure. Yom Kippur is the one day of the year that a priest would go into the Holy of Holies. 
The Holy of Holies was a tabernacle. It was a place with, with big, giant tapestries. Like, this carpet's kind of heavy. Imagine if this was hung around. There's no door in. There's no button. There's no zipper. No way to get in. The priest in the Old Testament would have to go into that. So imagine that, kind of like a big chamber of tapestries. To get into that, how do you think he got in that? He didn't jump over. He didn't go through. He would probably have to kneel down. I even heard the word crawl. So think about that posture. I'm just, I'm here, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to pray and ask God that he would just come into this service. God, we just lift our hands to you, God. We ask that you would be in control of everything that happens here, God, that your spirit would reign in this place, God, that your message would be heard, God, that your word would be heard, God, as we intercede on behalf of others this morning, God. As we intercede on the behalf of Pastor Robert and all the families that are hurting this week and every week, God, bring your hope and your truth to our hearts today, God. Let us be open to receive your truth. It's in your name we pray. So I just wanted to paint that picture of the priest going in to the Holy of Holies for you. And it was not a light thing. Whoever said crawl, was it you? Do you know what happened to the priest if he went in with sin in his life with impurity? He died. That's a pretty heavy thing. They actually tied a rope around his ankle as he went in to intercede. So here's this priest going in. He's experiencing some heaviness. This could literally cost him his life to set before the presence of God. But he was willing to do that on behalf of the people. That is before Jesus. That's what had to happen. He had to take the sacrifice into the mercy seat so that the people may be cleansed, so that their sins may be made new. I looked up some of those words for worship that I alluded to. First, I want to know how many people in here are worship leaders? If you've ever led worship one time in your life, raise your hand. How many worship leaders do we have? I actually see quite a few. All right. About how many priests do we have in here? If you've ever been a priest in your life, would you raise your hand? Quite a few less. It would be my heart that all of us could say, I'm a worship leader and I'm a priest. I mentioned last week what it looked like to be a priest. That's to be born of the flesh, as we all are, by our mother and father, and then to be reborn by the Spirit of God. That's what it means to be a Christian. So if you're here, maybe this is your first time and you've never heard that message or that hope or that truth, just as Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, that's what salvation is, to be reborn by the Spirit of God. And the only way to do that is to accept fully with our heart and with our mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. To just believe that there is a God is not enough. We must become worshipers, worship leaders and priests in our world. So as we hold on to the hand of God through the spirit, and we hold on to the hand of the world, which is flesh. We become not a mediator as the high priest was, not a mediator as Jesus is, but an intercessor. So what it means to intercede is just that. To take on others' burdens. If you've ever seen Jewel City, your home from compassion, if you know what the word compassion means, that means to co suffer. For those of you that are married or have children, 
when your spouse or your kids are sick, it, it brings a heaviness to you. You want them to be okay. Those of you that have pets and love your pets when they're sick, it brings a heaviness to you. You want them to be okay. That's what compassion looks like. Psalm 141, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to get back to the words for worship. But Psalms 141, verses 1 and 2. Got to find my notes. Now, remember, we just learned about this last night. Um, so forgive me for leaning on my notes a little bit. It says, O Lord, I call to you. Come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. This is a psalm. So this is from David. He was a musician. If you've ever seen me trying to play the guitar and lift my hands, it doesn't work out very well. But David was worshiping right here. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Go back to that priest in the tabernacle. He comes in. The mercy seat's there. There's an altar of incense there. That's why there's incense burning. There's nothing holy or special about this incense. But what that signified in the Holy of Holies was the lifting up of those prayers. And if you're setting to where you can see that, that smoke come off of that incense, you see it go up. The, the gifts that were brought to Jesus, frankincense, that's what incense is. We're going to talk more about that in a second. But those, those words from the Old Testament, if I can pronounce these, I'm going to try my best. We learned this in our study that they weren't related directly to worship, so I, I wanted to know what they were. It was about midnight last night, and I started to research this, and I want to share it with you. The first one, shakal, means to depress or lay prostrate in homage to. Albad means to serve. It's spelled like cage, but it's pronounced salgad, means to prostrate oneself in homage. In the New Testament, the Greek words for worship, proskuneo, means to fawn or to crouch, to prostrate oneself into homage, to kiss forward. Sibomahi means to revere, to adore. Latreu means to minister. Therapeuo, therapeuo, well, that's where we get our word ther therapy, obviously, but it means to wait upon. One who ministers to another, to adore God, to relieve of, to cure, or to heal. That's what worship looked like. That word prostrate, when you see people come down here and they kneel down and even people lay down, you may think, what in the world are they doing? When you see incense on stage inside a sanctuary, you might, what is that? But when we look back to the root of worship, it's all about self-sacrifice and submission to our king. So when we were in here last night, I don't even know what time it was, 10 p.m. or something, and we were, we were standing, we were laying, we were kneeling and praying to Jesus Christ on behalf, yes, of our pastor, but of all in our congregation who are struggling. Robert Kramer, one of our board members, lost his wife Karen this week. Many others, Brianna Harris, her mother Patty Jo passed. We have others dealing with sickness. My wife, Danielle, goes in for her surgery this Friday. 
And I could look around and just call out one after another after another. Thursday, before any of this with Pastor Robert, we came in under a spirit of heaviness. And God had already given us a word, had already given us a direction of what to do with that. He doesn't want us to stay in that place of mourning. I know, I know uh, Jim lost his son this week. What do we do with that heaviness? I would just assume there's been a few people in 2020 and 2021 who have also experienced that heaviness as I have as a pastor. Where do we go with that? To the throne room of God. We take it to the throne room. Let's take another peek into the Old Testament throne room of what that looked like. All of the senses were ministered to by that daily priestly ritual. Sight, smell, taste, um, vision, the lampstand that showed down to the 12 loaves of showbread on the altar, which signified the 12 tribes of Israel. Incense, of course, if you're sitting down here and you have a sense of smell, I know some of us may not right now, but you can experience that incense, that sense of smell, and even auditory, the priest wore bells. None of those things saved anybody, but they were all reminders and appreciation for the senses that God's given us. They were all reminders. Revelation 5.8 says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Think about that. That's intercession. That's intercession. Yeah, this is just smoke from a stick right here. But when we kneel before God in our hearts in submission and we raise that before him, to him, that is a sweet smell. God inhabits the praises of his people. Hebrews 7.25 states this. It says, ultimately, this intercession is the ministry of Christ. It says, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jim, Robert, Leanne, myself, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father in interceding for your need, for your spouse, for your family. Jesus Christ. That's what he does. He is a mediator between us and heaven, and he intercedes between us and heaven, and that is a beautiful promise that turns some of my morning into joy. And I want that to do the same for you this morning. Incense is just a pile of nice smelling stuff until it's burnt. And then it's released. Right? If it was just in that stick, you'd have to get very, very, very close to know what it was. But when it's burnt, it's sensed from a lot bigger area. So I want you to think about yourself and what it means to burn for God. It means to have passion that can be sensed by others. Because that's what it looked like in the Old Testament. Did you know that in these camps where the Holy of Holies was, where the priest went into the tabernacle and experienced the light and the, and the presence of God, do you know that everyone around that camp knew that the presence of God was in that camp because they could see it from a distance? and they could experience it from a distance. That's what I want to see from this ministry. 
in God's church. And when I say this ministry in God's church, I mean believers all over the world. I want people to be able to see the spirit of God on their life. I want them to burn and have a passion and to have a purpose that changes not only them and their family, but also the families around them. Why did Jesus do that for us? Why did he die for us? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish. That whoever is a big word. I want you to think about God's whoever. Do you think it's only those who already believed in him? Do you think it's only those who already had their lives cleaned up? Or do you think he meant whoever? Now think about the way you view whoever's. And I'm just going to be open and honest and real. I have a predisposed notion of who I think looks like a Christian or acts like a Christian or dresses like a Christian. But I think God's whoever is broader than ours in a lot of different ways. He doesn't care how we dress. He doesn't care about a lot of things that we care about. He wants every person to experience salvation and eternal life with him in heaven. Every single person. It's not God's will that anyone should perish. So I would submit to you, if there is a group of people that you have a hard time considering a whoever, give that to God. Allow him to change your heart. And and I'm admitting that I do, right? I have a home. I have property. I have small children. I have belongings. There's certain people I see maybe on my property, around my property. I have this predisposed notion of what I think, and it's not always God save their soul. I'm just going to be honest. It's not. But I believe that is what Jesus's heart is. That's what he was sent to the cross to do, and that's what sends us to our knees for other people. For other people. Have you ever had a prayer that, that literally hurt to pray? I'll be honest, sometimes I can avoid that, right? You've, you've heard my story, and Danielle, she went through kidney cancer seven years ago, and now she's going through breast cancer and a surgery. I have a tendency to do things to avoid that. I want to go fishing. I want to go hunting. I want to go in the outdoors. And I was honest with my wife the other day. I said, I can't even enjoy those things right now. I don't feel released, not because God doesn't want me to enjoy them, but because God wants me to intercede for my wife. God doesn't want me to avoid that intercession. It's important. Imagine if Jesus had avoided that intercession on our behalf. That's what he wants from us as a worship leader, as a priest. We've been getting pretty deep, so I want to transition to something God showed me last week that's a little lighter but means the same thing. Who's ever made coffee in an instant coffee pot, like one of the big bun coffee pots? They have a reservoir, and you pour water in there. If you put a cup in there, a cup should come out, right? What happens if the coffee pot hasn't been used and the reservoir is depleted? It evaporates. You put a cup in there, nothing comes out. So if we're empty, if we're walking around as intercessors and we're supposed to be full and ready to receive God's message and give it to someone else, and we get a cup of blessing, it goes to no one. It's like incense that doesn't burn. But if our reservoir is full and we get a full pot of blessing, Pastor Rita, what comes out? Full pot, right? So there, if, you're, if you like things just practical, there's your practical example of how to intercede. 
But how should we pray? Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 shows us a look at how we can pray. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It says he's able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine. And I believe that, and I've seen that to be true in my life, Rusty. When I was 19 years old, I was at WVU. I was studying engineering as I was talking with Mr. Yoakum and his family this morning, taking all the uh, outdoors elective classes that I could and, and really enjoying it and having a good time. Full academic scholarship, everything was great. God called me to ministry, and that's all he told me. I've set you apart for full-time ministry. Through, through my obedience at BCM on campus there on, on High Street, he gave me a love for music ministry. And I went to Tennessee for $600 a month to minister. We went to New York to the missions. It was nothing glamorous at all. Three or four years later, immeasurably more, our CDs, we had a band. We were on the shelves at all major music outlets, all these awards and accolades and things. I never asked for that when I was 19. I never desired that or sought out for that. You've heard Pastor Robert's vision for this ministry. I want you to look around at the size of this building, at the technology, at the, just what's here. When you're coming over Gypsy Hill or coming up Meadowbrook Road around the S-turns and going across the bridge and all the broken concrete and trashing the ditches and paint that's peeling off the abandoned buildings, would you be able to see something like this? I'm just going to ask you straight up, would you be able to see this ministry in the middle of that? I see a lot of heads being honest. I could not imagine receiving that vision and bringing that forth in the midst of all the negativity around us. I see Mr. Toth, the vision that he had at Lincoln High School for so many years and the great things were done because of the faithfulness to that vision. But a lot of times when we're faithful, it's bigger than we ever set out to be or ever thought it could be. So if, you're, if you are in a place of depression right now with your family, with your work, with your job situation or anything, I want you to start praying like that. I would challenge everyone this week to write down three prayers like that, that God, if you could do this and I believe that you can, it will change my situation. It will change other situations, not from a place of selfishness, but a place of intercession for others. Whoever God called you to be in 2019, he's called you to be in 2021. When I got up out of my bed and realized what that heaviness was that I was experiencing and started to give that to God and he began to give me joy for that, things started to change. When I started to look in the mirror and say, the man that you were called to be in 2017, 2018, 2019 is still the man that you're called to be today and just started being faithful to that vision, whatever, however small or however big that was, God will add to that. He can do more than we can imagine. I'm going to talk about one, one more conflict as we prepare to close. Think about this conflict. Moses had this. The conflict of the priest, am I fit to go before God? As we spoke, if, you, if the high priest went before God with impurities, it meant death. Moses said, 
show me your face. And in Exodus 33 and 20, it says, but he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Not because God wants to strike someone down, but because the impurity in us cannot go before the holiness of God. So some of us say, you know what? I'm good. I'll just be here. I'll be a member. I'll be a regular attender. I'll be whatever. But I don't want to get that close to the face of God because that's serious. But some of us, like David, who was called a man after God's own heart, said this, Psalm 27, 7 through 9. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be, ver- be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. That's what he means. Your face I will seek. Have mercy on me. He's saying, God, I know your face can mean serious things for me, but I have to see your face. As I look across this room, I've seen some of you who have accepted salvation in this room, and I've been here before when that happened. And I've seen the tears. I've seen the desperation. God, I have to see your face. My life without you is not working. I need you, God, no matter what that means. No matter who turns their back on me, I need to see your face, God. And that's the kind of pursuit we have to live our lives with in pursuit of God. I have to see you. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, That is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and have our bodies washed with pure water. That's what Jesus is. On the cross, he was a bridge with the earth in one hand and heaven in the other. His body, the intercession. His body, the penalty for your behalf. It says that veil that the priest had to duck under and go in was rent into, it was torn. The presence of God was now open to me and to you. We no longer have to go to the one high priest on the one day of the year for our intercession. We now have direct access to the kingdom of God through the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. If you have not accepted that, if you have not reached up and held on to the hand of God and accepted that fully in your life, I want to give you that opportunity today, right here. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. God, we pray right now, God, for your spirit in this room, God. Your word says that no man can come to you, God, unless your spirit draws them, God. I pray that if there's one in this place who your spirit is drawing to you, God, I pray that they would respond, God, that they would reach out their hand, God, and they would hold on to your hand, God, and accept the salvation that only comes through the work that your son Jesus did on the cross. With everyone's heads down and everyone's eyes closed, if you're here and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Spirit of God is calling you to repentance, calling you to salvation, 
If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? You would say, I need to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you and you're here this morning, would you just raise your hand right now? I'm going to ask Pastor Aaron if he would come. If you, most of you know Pastor Aaron. If you don't, that's what he does. He intercedes. He prays. He bears your burdens. And I'm just going to ask him if he would do just that. If he would pray as he does that, if, if you have someone in your life who doesn't know Jesus, if you have someone in your life who is experiencing health needs, if you want to come pray for your pastor or any other individual, we're just going to intercede. We're going to practice what we preach. We're going to become intercessors. As your eyes are closed, the one thing that the priest had to do was boldly go into the holies of holies. So today, if you're going through something, your neighbor's eyes are closed, I would ask you to stand up. One of the songs that we sang said, I'm going to speak to my fear and I'm going to preach to my doubt. So I would ask you to speak to whatever's going on in your mind, whatever's going on in your life. As we pray, if you're comfortable, come to this altar. Maybe you've got a loved one that's lost, like Pastor Eric said. I would encourage you to stand up and pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, you are holy. Lord, you are love. You are everlasting. And your grace extends beyond measure. Lord, Doug, Doug Swagger's here today, Lord God. They may not know, but he, he had a stroke two weeks ago. But he's here because of your love. I got a friend, Josh, Lord God, that's been battling, shut up in 2020, got hurt on a job. His mind has been battling things. There's many here, Lord God, even though they haven't stood up. But you said boldly come. That's why I'm just asking him to stand up in faith, Lord God. Boldly stand up today. You said boldly come before my throne. Lord, we boldly come this morning interceding, Lord God, for those that are dealing with carnal mind, Lord God. That you would shut down that carnal mind, Lord God that you would raise up peace in their mind, Lord God, that you would raise up, Lord God, the spirit, Lord God, that you would quicken our mortal body, Lord God, with greater is he that's in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that we would be quickened with all might. Your word says that if we're, if we're weary and heavy laden, to follow you, you said, learn from me. And I will give you rest. And the only way that I ever saw you get rest was you got in the presence of God. And I'm crying out today, Lord God, as we kneel before you as our hearts are broken and busted. Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors because if God before us, what can be against us? Lord God, I pray right now for those that are sick and afflicted, 
for healing, Lord God. I pray for recovery, Lord God, of their sight, Lord God, their spiritual vision to not lose hope. For the word says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lord, there's many things that we don't see, but my hope is on the cross. My hope sits at the right hand of you interceding on our behalf every day of our lives. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for his prayers. I'm so thankful that he hasn't given up on us, Lord God, as a body of believers, that in 2021, we can still advance the kingdom because our God lives and our God reigns and our God prays for us to be faithful unto him. And Lord, I pray that you would quicken us, Lord God, to walk in obedience, Lord God, that we would be the example to the world, Lord God. Lord, that we would cry out to you, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. That we would cry out, Jehovah Ra, the Lord God, my shepherd, and I shall not want. For he leadeth my path. Hallelujah, glory to God, that you are my creator, that you knew me before the foundation of this world was ever formed that you knew us before we were ever in our mother's belly, Lord God. You knew the path that we would take. You knew the struggles that we would face. But you still are faithful to us, Lord God. Father, maybe we need provision and we just cry out, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider, that today, Lord God, those that are burdened down, Lord God, financial blessings may come in the name of Jesus. Lord, those that are shut in that aren't even here today, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that your spirit would touch them right now. I pray that there's an injection of energy, Lord God, an injection, Lord God, of that oil of gladness, Lord God, that would run over them, that the atmosphere, not only here, but there, would change right now, Lord God. I pray that every molecule of air, Lord God, would just cry out the name of Jesus right now, Lord God, on our behalf. Father, we love you. Lord, we need you. We need you more right now than ever before, Lord God. Father, we praise you, Lord God. Lord, I pray for my family. I pray for the people's families that are here today, Lord God, our loved ones that are lost in sin, our loved ones that are lost in drugs and alcohol, addiction to pornography and whatever else. I cry out our family's names, Lord God, that are facing divorces, Lord God, and trouble, Lord God. Father, I pray for forgiveness of our ignorance, of our foolish ways, Lord God. I cry out, Lord God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord God. Lord, move in the midst of our families, Lord God. Move in the midst of the people that are here, Lord God. Lord God, we bless you. Lord God, we need you. We can't live without you, Lord God. I'm so thankful for the cross and the blood of Jesus, Lord God, and I plead that blood over us. I speak the name of Jesus in us, Lord God. I speak the name of Jesus over us, Lord God, that we would rise up like Lazarus, Lord God, and come out of that grave today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus with a shout of triumph. Because our God reigns and our God rules and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he has all authority over all things in the name of Jesus. There's nothing too big for our God and he's the head of the church and we are the church. So let him reign over your mind. Let him reign over your physical body. Let him reign over your finances. Let him reign over your family that will walk in glory. From glory to glory, he's changing us in his image, in his righteousness. And Lord, we bow unto you, Lord God, thanking you. Just thanking you, Lord God. We want to say thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We want to say thank you, Lord God, for you are God. We want to say that we love you, Lord God, for you are our God. And we love you with all of our heart, Lord God. And Lord, we surrender everything to you right now. 
Lord, everything. And we're asking for you to move, Lord God. Even when we can't see it, Lord God, I'm praying that we'll have faith to believe that you're moving in every situation and every circumstance right now. Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we want more of you and you are welcome to invade our territory. And if there's things in our territory that needs removed, remove the junk because we want to live a righteous life for you. So come, Lord God, have your way in our life because we love you and we need you. Thank you for loving us and giving your son Jesus for us. Thank you for greater is he, the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. We love you, Lord God. We ask it all in the name of Jesus and amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. Give him a hand clap. Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 